Have you ever felt overwhelmed in your life? I think everybody, who, yeah, that's me, right? <laughs> um, I, I know about this time of year uh, in colleges around the, around the United States, um, we're starting to get to finals week. And uh, I can honestly say that was the moment that I think I more than ever felt overwhelmed. Um, it was something that was measurable right in front of me. Um, it was just a lot of work, a lot of studying because I had to try and catch up on an entire semester of learning that I should have been doing, right? Um, but it was always like this sense of, okay, as I'm approaching this thing, I just want to get through it. I want to finish it. I want to be on the other side of it because it's just so much is waiting for me right in front of me and I don't know if I can handle it. The reason why I was overwhelmed in college when I was getting ready for finals week is because there were vulnerabilities. Namely, um, I quit going to class probably about midterms, right? Like, I, like there's usually that's the point that like all of the vulnerabilities come to the surface and whenever we feel vulnerable, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed. Uh, there were two other situations that I can, I, I can point to in my life that I felt the vulnerability which made me feel very, very overwhelmed. Um, when I was in, when I was about 13 years old, 12, 13 years old, I was at a friend's house, um, and we were going to go ride in the cane fields on some four-wheelers. So I, we were hanging out, we were doing whatever. I had a pair of shoes that I had taken my shoes off, so when I was walking outside, instead of taking the time to tie tennis shoes, what I did was, is I, or I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I had some sandals, and instead of taking the time to like slip my sandals on to go ride the four-wheeler, I wanted to make sure I didn't burn my ankles on the engine or anything. So there were some old rubber boots that were right there. I slid those on, jump on the four wheel, we take off. Get to the back of the property, get back, get to the, get to the Farty Arpen Canal. And over the canal, there was this old rickety bridge. And I remember my buddy's dad, as we were leaving, him explicitly yelling at us, don't get on that bridge. And we just rode off. And then we got to the bridge over the Farty Arpen Canal, and I'm looking around, and I, you know what we did. We got on that bridge, right? So my buddy was, uh, was, a, was a smaller guy. He was, he was lighter than me. He was, a, he was a little bit more agile. So he gets up, and he starts walking on the bridge, and he's kind of bouncing from good board to good board and just kind of everywhere and touching every other board, and he's fine, and he walks out. Me, on the other hand, I was tall, I was fat, and I walked like this, Right? So my turn to get, he said, he looks at me, he says, it's fine, come on out. Sure. So I'm walking, I try a board, uh-oh, but, but, it's, but it's holding me, all right. I try another one, I try another one, I start getting a little bit courageous, I'm like, man, this bridge is probably stronger than it looks. That, that, was, that, that was strong age on it, not, you know, falling apart, dilapidated about the break. And then I hit this one board and all of a sudden I hear it. And it was a big crack. I was like, uh-oh, this ain't good. I went to move a little bit, and it cracked some more. And I went to move a little bit, and it cracked some more. Until all of a sudden, boom, it fell out from under me. Now, I caught myself on my arms for a half a second, just enough to kind of to freak out. My eyes are about as big as, you know, as plates. I'm, I'm hanging there. My feet are dangling from this bridge. And then all of a sudden, I drop. Now, if you paid attention to one detail, it's actually a very scary situation. Because I had rubber boots on. And if you've ever fallen into water like that with rubber boots, those things fill up, 
and they become cinder blocks. So I went straight to the bottom. And for a split second, as I'm underwater, thinking I'm going to drown, because the boots were a little bit too big for me, I was able to kick one off and just kind of doggy paddle my way back to the surface. I remember after I did that, the boot comes up, I'm sitting there, I kick the other one off, I get to the side, I'm soaking wet, the boots are there, and I remember looking back at the water just thinking, I almost died. And I can honestly say I never felt more vulnerable. Six months ago, we stayed for the hurricane. And as I was sitting there, watching the wind blow and watching all the craziness go on, um, I've stayed for her every hurricane in my life. I never left. I don't say that to brag. I say that because I'm an idiot, right? Um, but I remember, I, I was sitting there, and I'm watching the hurricane. I know how hurricanes work, and I know about the speed they go, and I know the, the way that 150-mile-per-hour winds look, I thought. Um, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the wind get stronger, and I watch the wind get stronger, and I watch the wind get stronger. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, my goodness, this is unbelievable. And after about four hours of 150 mile per hour wind just beating the heck out of the house, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, when is this going to stop? I'm watching, a, watching our youth room blow in. I'm watching ceiling tile, uh, uh, roof, roof and tile fly off. Seeing the, the privacy gate of our fence be thrown over the house. And I remember sitting there thinking, we can't do anything about this. I hope this roof holds, because if not, we're in trouble. Again, I never felt more vulnerable in my life, except for the, the deal with the canal. You see, when we're vulnerable, it's very easy for us to be overwhelmed. When we're vulnerable, that's where we can, get, we can feel overwhelmed. When we're weak, Places that we are weak is where we can feel overwhelmed, like we can't stop or we're not in control, and all of a sudden, that, that's the places that we start to doubt, and we start to hurt, and we start to fear, and we start to have all these things creep in, and we lose our trust. Every year for Divine Mercy Sunday, every year for the second Sunday of Easter, the week after Easter, the octave day of Easter, all those beautiful things, we hear this same gospel about St. Thomas. And it's a beautiful gospel, and it's a beautiful moment, but I have to imagine that up in heaven right now, St. Thomas, all of his stuff every year, all of his, like, his deepest vulnerabilities are laid out for everybody to see. And i got to believe right now in heaven that all the apostles are sitting around going, hey, hey, Thomas, Thomas, it's your weekend, man. They're going to talk about you all. They're going to talk about you doubting. And like they, I'm sure they're like picking on each other, right? Because every year we get to hear about how Thomas was the most vulnerable. Where he was most vulnerable. But today's gospel, one of the things about it, we don't want to just stop at what, Tom, what Thomas's shortcomings, what Thomas's baggage was, but we want to recognize that Jesus Christ says, I am not afraid of your vulnerability. In fact, it's where I do my, my best and most impactful work. 
Like, put yourself in Thomas's place for a moment. You just watch from afar the person that he, his rabbi, the person that has been his teacher, the person he came to believe was Jesus, was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. He came to believe in him as the coming Messiah, and they just put him to death. And now three days later, everybody's talking about that he's alive and he's walking around and, his, and he's got, these, he's got the, the scars still on him. The wounds are still there, but he's alive and he's walking around. If I was Thomas, I would look at him and say, y'all must be on something. Because I watched him die. His doubt is strong. And he says, in fact, you know what, I've, I, I'm so convinced that y'all are crazy that, look, if you want to prove it to me, then you know what, let me put my finger in the nail marks and put my hand into the side. Then I'll believe. Until then, I'm out. Until then, let me grieve. But Jesus reveals that he's not afraid of Thomas's vulnerability. In fact, when Jesus comes to him, he doesn't come as a smart aleck. He doesn't come trying to prove him wrong, but he comes to meet him and he says, Thomas, here's your request. Put your finger into the nail marks. Here, put your hand in my side. Do it so that you can believe. Do it so that I can strengthen you in the places that you're most vulnerable. Do it so that I can help you cast out the doubt that I'm alive, that I'm risen. Do it so that you can go be a more effective apostle on my behalf. And Thomas does. Thomas was the first apostle to be martyred. He was, he's, he's the one that, that evangelized all of India and that area of the world. Because his doubt was cast out. Because the places that he was most vulnerable, he allowed Jesus to come in and to meet him in his vulnerability. In his hurt, in his pain, in his doubt. Every one of us in this church today has something, has some place of vulnerability. You might doubt. You might be like Thomas. You got a new patron saint today. Congratulations. It might be a particular sin, or particular vice, a particular place of hurt in the past. It might be just some relationships that are just not settled. It might be anger. It might be fear. Whatever it is, the place of vulnerability today as we come for Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus Christ wants to meet us in our vulnerability. He wants to meet us in our weakness. Because just as he did with St. Thomas, it's where he does his best work. As I said, today is Divine Mercy Sunday. And goes, this, this, this feast goes back to St. Faustina. It goes back to her visions of Jesus and the, and the seeing the divine mercy image, right, of Jesus revealing his heart to her that's pierced, that's broken open. And coming from his heart, there's a ray of light that represents, a white one that represents baptism, a, ray of, a red ray of light that re represents God's mercy and God's blood and Jesus' blood poured out on the cross. 
And when, when she had this moment, when she had this vision, when she had this, this time of prayer where Jesus said, I want you to establish a feast of mercy for us. This is what she wrote. This is what Jesus spoke to her. He said, on that day, all the divine floodgates through which graces flow are opened. My mercy is so great that no mind be of it, no, no mind be of it, man or angel, will be able to fathom it throughout all eternity. That when Jesus Christ came as a man and died on the cross, the purpose was for him to reveal that he was willing to go to the limits of human vulnerability to show that he knows it, to experience it himself, so that he wouldn't be afraid of it when we experience vulnerable moments. Like I think of that image of a floodgate. All of the floodgates of heaven are open today so that God's grace and mercy can flow into your life and into mine in the places that we need it. Being overly, just being consumed by the, by the, by the powerful love of God, being, having the pressure of, of the floodgates, of the flood of God's mercy pouring upon us. It's almost like thinking you're going to drown in it. It's the gift that God is offering to you and to me today. But it requires a response. It requires us to be open and to receive the gift that God wants to give us. So today as we come to communion, we know this is Jesus Christ. We know that the true presence of Jesus is here, made visible, given to us. Are we coming with hearts disposed so that the Lord can meet us, not in our strengths, not in the places that we're most confident, but just like he did with St. Thomas, in the places where we're most vulnerable. This is the gift that God wants to give us today. This is the gift that God wants to give us at every Mass, but in a particular day, in a particular way, today, on his day, on his feast of divine mercy. God wants to meet us in our weakness. Places that we have doubt, he wants to cast it out with surety. The places that we have sin, he wants to cast it out with his love. The places that we have, that we have darkness, he wants to cast it out with his light. And today as we come, we come open and vulnerable before our Lord. We become ready to receive his grace so that the places that we are weakest, he can strengthen. The places that we need him, he can speak to.